welcome to the Doctors of Running podcast. This is episode 112, and I'm here with Matt Klein, where we're going to be discussing all the great New Balance shoes that we've gotten to test this year. Um, Matt, which shoes have you tested from New Balance in 2022? The One of my favorites is the Moore. Right, so the more V4 has been a clear favorite. Mm-hmm. I've had the SC Trainer. Um, I've had earlier on in the year actually had one of the trail the trail versions of the more. It's the more V2 trail, um, the Rebel V3. I, th- I don't know if I'm missing anything. What are we missing? So I've tested the SC Trainer, the SC Pacer, the Rebel, and the more V4, and. You know, like we were talking earlier, New Balance has done a really good job of making shoes that are ideal for like a specific purpose. Like they've really well differentiated their line this year. Um, And I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of fun running in Mm -hmm. these shoes. Um, So today's subjective, you can comment on um, Spotify or comment down in YouTube. So What's been your favorite New Balance shoe, if you like New Balance shoes? Um, We'd love to hear which one and maybe a few sentences about why you love it. So um, our first topic is the two different foams that New Balance has used in these shoes that we've tested. Most of them are fuel cell shoes, with the exception of the More V4, which is Fresh Foam X. So... We were talking earlier that um, sometimes it's not always clear from these companies what exactly their foams are made of, Um, but we believe that Fuel Cell is an EVA-TPU blend. Is that what you've read or heard, Matt? Yeah, I'm going to be honest that I'm not quite sure exactly what it is. I've seen some rumors here and there, but nothing really specific, but just we are very fortunate that we get a lot of shoes to test and when you kind of feel one thing you're like oh that's kind of what that feels like and the more we've been we we had to talk about this for a couple of weeks before this episode to go what is this um the more i've tested other shoes the more it definitely feels like some form of like an eva and tpu mix how what they're doing chemically to it no idea but yeah that's that's what it feels like but it's despite still having some eva it is it is a soft and bouncy foam a lot of times it definitely is yeah i every fuel cell shoe i've tested i've just loved the bounce and the cushion without it bottoming out um like some other highly cushioned shoes that i've tried um so the more v4 has fresh foam x which we know is eva um it definitely has a denser feel but I've really loved what they did with Fresh Foam X in the More V4. And my favorite shoe, the Beacon, also has Fresh Foam X. And it's interesting to compare the performance of the Fresh Foam X midsole in the More V4 as compared to the Beacon. Yeah, I... This is my my stand to go and admitting this out loud as I've probably given this a hard time. EVA is not dead, right? Um, some of the older like variations of it probably are, but yeah, the more actually might be my shoe of the year, uh, or at least close to it. Just I'm liking it that much, not just because of the foam, um, the geometry and the setup of the shoe, but foam is it's not bad. It's good. It's not a crazy super foam, but it's just one of those pleasant foams. It's like it feels great for daily training. So, yeah, there's still lots to be done with this stuff. So a lot, it's not like there's one material's done. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can work with it. So not a racing shoe, for sure, but it's pleasant. It's Definitely. great. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it is and kind of going, you know, off a tangent here, but it's interesting to compare how different two different EVA foams can feel and perform based on just how they lay up the foam, um, the geometry of the shoe, you know, all of the other factors that go into the performance of a shoe. But yeah, I agree that EVA and uh, Fresh Foam X is a really nice uh, foam for easy running. And the more is one of my favorite shoes this year too. So I thought we could start with the Super Comp Trainer because I know you and I have both really enjoyed running in that. So we've got that here. So a very max stack shoe, right? Uh, 47, uh, 39, right, for the stack height? I believe so off the top of my head. It is not race legal whatsoever at all. No. Mm -mm. Um, And actually, I wanted to get into that. So World Athletics has banned shoes that have greater than a 40 millimeter stack height. And there are some biomechanical reasons why. The main reason, you know, we think is that when you run a shoe that's got a higher stack, it can actually, it increases your functional leg length. So to prevent, you know, a race to the bottom or a race to the top, however you want to uh, define it, World Athletics had to put a line somewhere to prevent shoes from getting taller and taller. Um, I was really interested to read after... Kona this past weekend, Kona, the Ironman World Championships, that um, Ironman and the triathlon governing body does not have a similar rule about max stack height. So the guy who won, Gustav Iden, was running in a prototype of the Cloud Boom Echo 3 that definitely appears to be greater than a uh, 40 mil stack height shoe. So triathlon's going to be a really interesting like testing ground for shoes that aren't restricted by world athletic stack height rule. So it, and when you think about the biomechanical requirements of running after biking, it'll be interesting to see if like the shoes diverge in terms of how they shape the geometry or the foams to meet the specific needs of triathletes. But I digress. Back to the SC trainer. <laughs> On another slight digression, I am still, I will admit this to everyone, that I am kicking myself that I missed the small open window that the, uh, not the the super max one that you're seeing on the in the Ironman championships, but um, there was a very brief moment, but the, the Cloud Boom Echo was 3 was available on their website and I missed it and I am still kicking myself oh. and I check it every <laughs> single day. So if anybody is from on is listening to this, I am still very interested. If you want to talk, please email us because I want to try that shoe. <laughs> I'll try it the Super Max like really one. Interesting shoe. I'll try this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Just I just want to try it. I want to know what it feels like. <laughs> what about it intrigues you? particularly Matt. uh i think it's because this is off topic but the on cloud boom echo 2 was just such a i'm sorry to say it was a disappointment just because i spent like almost full price on it and had to go find it myself and i was like this is not what i was hoping you can do better and then starting to see what looks like a piba or pbax foam is there it's like mm, on i have faith in you i want to see what you do but this is not supposed to be odd. It's supposed to be about New Balance, but that's okay. Yeah. So back to the SC trainer. So when I first got this shoe, you know, the sole is quite intimidating. And I thought, oh, gosh, this is going to so tall. Is it going to feel unstable? But the shoe really surprised me in that despite its massive stack, 
it feels really stable. It rolls really nicely. The one thing I would say about the stack, this is a heavy shoe. Um, I th- didn't you measure it at like eleven ounces for yeah, your? Yeah, I think it was pair? eleven. Yeah, yeah, it was eleven ounces. So you've got so much foam attached to a pretty lightweight upper. So I found that if I didn't tie the laces tight enough, it just felt like I almost had a weight hanging off the bottom of my foot, which felt kind of weird. But as as long as I tied them tight enough, it felt pretty much one with my foot. Um, I think that New Balance with this shoe did a really good job with the geometry of the shoe, uh, just making it roll really nicely. Um, I prefer it for easy runs, mostly because of the weight. And even when like my legs are dead tired, I just put them on. I don't feel the ground, and I just feel like <laughs> the shoe is doing yep. almost as much work as I am. Floating along. Yeah, yes. I was really. I wanted to go back to that comment about like how stable it was, and I was I was a little scared to try this, given I you know my experience with the. Why am I forgetting? The RC Elite 2 was that, yeah, it's a great shoe. It's just not super stable, especially for my hips. Like the ankle tends to be locked in there pretty well, but it was just so – it put so much work in my hips. that Eventually, I have irritated my post-hip in the RC Elite 2. This one has been fine. I think it's the combination of sidewalls and how broad the plate is and the geometry of the shoe where this thing in the middle, for those who are listening, I've got – there's this big gap in the middle, and you've got these two midsole pillars on the side – kind of forces you to stay in the middle and the plate is so broad and the sole is so wide it ends up being a very inherently stable shoe it's not a stability shoe that said it is so it is soft enough and i think we'll get into that but that quote unquote soft you got to make sure you've got good stable and strong hips because if you're landing on a soft surface like this yes it does roll you forward really well but i just i always felt like my deep hip rotators are getting definitely worked as i got more tired but it's such a great recovery day shoe and i have tried to do some up tempo stuff but i start to fatigue pretty quick given the 11 ounce weight but that just might be me yeah that's how i feel about going faster in the shoe too like i actually prefer using it for like my slowest runs i do and yeah i know that thing. yeah and like even if i was going out for even like a you know an easy run but where you're not that fatigued so maybe your pace is 30 seconds a mile faster it's just it's not the shoe i would reach for right it's the shoe when my legs are dead and I just need something that's going to help me out. I did a uh, 21 mile run this morning and I've got a 25 minute shakeout tonight. And I think this will be my yeah, shoe of choice. That would make sense. Yep. The, the trainer will uh, definitely help with some of the fatigue. Yeah, I bet. I think one thing you mentioned the energy arc. So mm-hmm. um, that's that refers to the carbon plate, yep. but it also refers to the fact that all of New Balance's shoes that have Energy Arc also have cutouts in the midsole, which, yeah, of course, help guide movement. It's basically a giant guidance line, like you said. Um, so when you, again, like shoe companies have all of these terms for features of their shoe, and it's not always clear. Well, what does that mean? So New Balance says on their website that Energy Arc specifically refers to the combination of the plate and the cutout in the soles. So you can see the plate and cutout in the trainer. And then this is the bottom of the pacer. You can see not as large of a cutout, but still you've got those pillars of midsole foam on either side of the plate. And that does provide a little bit of guidance in the shoe. 
What did you think about the upper of the trainer, Matt? How did you find that it fit? Um, you know, it's it is. How do I say this? It's on the wider side, yet somehow like kind of fits low. So initially, it kind of felt snug, which I really wasn't expecting for a New Balance shoe. Then it mm-hmm. stretched out. I think the the toe box tapers just a little bit, which is fairly. I kind of had that experience with a lot of New Balance shoes where that lateral forefoot kind of tends to taper in on my toes quickly, and then I I get used to it when it breaks in. Not mm-hmm. a lot of structure. I mean, the heel counter was great because it's got a heel counter, but it's pretty flexible and that's it's a it's well padded. So I had zero issues. But overall, not a ton of structure. So your comment earlier about going, hey, I have to really lock this down, really made kind of sense to me because I had to do the same thing where I kind of had to cinch those laces down more than I would expect as somebody who's pretty sensitive to snug shoes. But it's pretty minimal, which makes sense. You can't put a lot in the upper if you want to keep the weight low. It's already on the heavier side. So that's that's my two cents. What about you? Yeah, I found the toe box is definitely lower volume than, say, the Beacon or even the Pacer. Um, but it didn't really bother me that much. It Like, when you put it on, it felt like, ooh, this might bother my toes. But running in it, it doesn't. I feel like there is enough stretch in the upper that it lets it accommodate to your foot a little bit. Um, the lace pattern is actually a little asymmetrical and I found that I really liked that. It just took pressure off of the central part of the dorsum of my foot. Um, one thing I found with the shoe is that even though the tongue is got a pretty solid gusset, I had to make sure to like really pull up on the tongue before I laced it. Otherwise the tongue would kind of bunch up like below the the lace is closest to my ankle and it would create a little bit of irritation, but the tongue's got some elasticity in it. So super easy to just adjust that and definitely not a deal breaker, but like the pacer, even though the upper is different, I found the upper to be very comfortable and really unnoticeable when running as long as the laces were locked down. Um, same thing with the padding and the uh, heel collar. Like when you look at it, there's some, it's not substantial, but on foot, it just feels like it really hugs your foot and disappears. Yeah, I would definitely agree about the disappearing part. It's initially, it's like, oh, what's this is interesting. And then, yeah, it was definitely one of those shoes that disappeared. The only thing I could really feel was how much bounciness was in my feet. Yeah. Yeah. And um, with um, within our team, we had a really interesting discussion about how we define soft um, because Like I said, this shoe is not soft at all. It feels more on the firm side than soft, whereas I think Nathan said that he found it to be on the softer side. Um, And softness is a word that, like in running shoe science, doesn't really have a true meaning, right? Like we can talk about the resilience of the foam or the durometer, but softness is more of a qualitative word. So how... Do you find the trainer soft? And if so, why? And what does soft mean to you in a shoe? Yeah, that's a great question. For me, I don't think I, I know I said that several times. That's probably not the best way to describe it. And I, in this review, said the same thing where it's got a lot of bounce to it, right? So when you hit the ground at shoe, it, it bounces you forward very well, which is why it makes at this weight such a good recovery shoe. Where it's like I can still kind of plod along and keep up a decent pace. I think the placement of the plate being so close to the foot makes the feeling of it feel like firm underfoot, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. It's not like bone crushing firm. It's just like, yeah, there's a plate right there. 
And so that's going to make the shoe feel a little bit firmer, but it's like a firm, extremely highly bouncy shoe, if that makes sense. It's kind of mm-hmm. hard to differentiate that. Like, yes, it's got this like soft isn't. Yeah, you're right. Isn't the right word. I've been trying to use the word resilient or what was the other one? Compliant. It's not, mm-hmm. it, it's not just a compliant foaming. It doesn't just sink under your foot. It, it compresses and bounces back. But you have other variables that influence what that feels like underfoot. And each person is going to feel that differently. So for me, I notice the plate. It's like, oh, that's firm. I can feel that right underfoot, but there's still a lot of bounce. Other people might not mm. notice it. And they're going, hey, I'm, I'm feeling that compression of the midsole underfoot. That to me is soft. Like you said, that's a qualitative thing. So is it cushioned? Yeah, there is a ton of cushioning underfoot. How you're going to perceive that cushioning is going to depend on what part of the shoe you're feeling and, and you personally. What about you? What right. would you feel? I would say that I don't really feel the foam compress much at all in the shoe. I definitely feel more of a rolling sensation in the trainer as compared to a bounce. And that could be because I land more on the midfoot of the shoe. So, like, I'm immediately landing and then hitting the toe spring, which is propelling me forward. Whereas if someone was landing on the heel, you might feel that compress more before you get that rolling sensation from the forefoot rocker. Um, I can't really say that I feel like a strong awareness of the plate when running in the shoe. Um, it definitely, because of the thickness of the midsole, it definitely almost completely muffles any sort of ground feeling you might get when running. Like you don't feel the ground at all, really. Um, so for me, that's why it feels firmer to me, but to use more technical terms, it has a high resilience for me because when I land on it, I feel like it just immediately responds and pushes me forward. And it doesn't feel very compliant at all because, again, I don't feel like I sink into it much at all. Um, I bought a couple of years ago the TC, which was the training companion to the original RC Elite, And I did one five-mile run in it and immediately returned it. It was so soft and so unstable that my feet hurt for a couple of days afterwards. I just felt like my feet didn't know what the shoe was going to do. So for me, the TC was soft. It was very compliant and not resilient at all. I didn't really feel like it bounced back. It just felt like I landed on it and then the shoe didn't know how to help me go forward. So definitely a different experience running in the trainer and the more actually compared to the original TC. Yeah. We never reviewed the TC mostly because I got my hands on it and it was so unstable. I was like, I'm not willing to injure myself to review this shoe. We're moving on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, when this, when the trainer showed up, I thought, Oh no, this is just like the extension of the TC. But I mean, they couldn't be more different in terms of how they feel and their performance. I think speaking of which, I think we should talk, we talked a little bit about the more, um, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's, this is also kind of in that similar vein to the SC trainer where it's meant as a training shoe, but just again, very different foams where the SC trainer has really been advertised as a faster shoe, which depending on who you are, may or may not apply. It's like a faster training. It's a faster, super training shoe, right? Yeah. The more is not advertised as that. The more is certainly a maximal shoe. It's still street legal technically, um, but it is a kind of your more traditional maximal shoe. 
It's got mm-hmm. a ton of stack height on your foot. That classic rocker geometry there. They're using some really nice sidewalls that I really like that have been integrated extremely well. And it was nice to see that when we talked about that, one of the designers reached out to us on Instagram and was like, thank you for noticing that. We do notice. We do pay attention to that stuff. It's not like I've been talking about this for years. Um, the fit is also interesting to me where it was extremely – I'm curious to know what you felt on the fit where it's on the wide side, kind of almost like a New Balance wide, but the volume is low. So it felt kind of snug at first, and I actually got some rubbing and some blistering here that eventually went away. It's like one of my favorite fits. It just took a little bit to break in. Did you notice yeah. that at all? What were your experiences with the I fit? I did, we- yeah. You know, depending on what type of run I was doing in it, it felt different. Mm-hmm. So here's my pair. Looks pretty much the same as Matt's. Um, so if I was just doing an easy run, I didn't notice the low volume in the toe box at all. But I used the more to do like a seven-mile cool down after doing like an 18-mile run with some – well, not after 18 miles, but let's say – I did 11 miles that had like four by two miles at marathon pace. And then I changed shoes into this. And, you know, after you've been on your feet a while, your feet might be a little bit irritated. And the narrowness of the toe box in the more was definitely more prevalent during that run because I was fatigued um, than, say, if I just took it out for like an easy like five mile run on a recovery day. But overall, I I really liked the fit, um, and it wouldn't stop me from using the shoe as a cool-down shoe after a workout, but maybe I would choose my workout shoe a little bit better, too. Um, but when I got this shoe, I put it on, and it felt... It was very comfortable just slipping it on foot. I liked... I actually like how the laces don't extend as far down onto the forefoot Mm -hmm. it just feels more comfortable to me um i really liked just how the the right amount of cushion in the heel collar um the tongue is super comfortable it's got a little bit of padding but not excessively and it's really nice just to walk around in yeah like this would be a great shoe for people who are on their feet all day pts other healthcare providers um and i it's just a nice, comfortable, easy run shoe. It's not as heavy as the trainer. Um, so like on easy runs where maybe you're not dead tired, it can pick up the pace a little bit, but still like easy pace. Um, it's got such a wide sole from the rear foot to the forefoot. So it makes it super stable. And it does have like a little bit of a channel in the rear half of the shoe. So that, you know, again, it's a guidance line that just helps keep you moving forward. And I think we talked about this a lot in the review, but this shoe has so many great examples of what a stable neutral shoe could be Yeah, because of the wide sole, the sidewalls, the rocker geometry, the heel bevel. Like it, it really just... It has so many features that help guide motion rather than forcing motion like with traditional stability features like a medial post. And some people do great with the medial post, but I think there's a lot of people that are sensitive to it because it's oftentimes not 
I'm going to be cautious of the word using treating. It's not actually influencing the right thing, right? Because oftentimes midfoot motion or, you know, subtalar joint motion can often be just a result of things that might be happening elsewhere. So kind of balancing that and going, hey, let's guide you instead of forcing you is really important. And yeah, like you said, the more, this is probably one of the best things at best like uses of all this integrations of all the stuff together like and you mentioned the heel bevel like that was designed really well but still a really solid posterior bevel but kind of where it's kind of designed to have you land it's just slanted a little bit more posterior or posterior lateral right which is where most people do land so it's going to guide that in nicely instead of pitching you inwards the sidewalls yeah. are really great they're pretty extensive on both sides so it shouldn't just be on one it should be on both sides because you can teeter any direction. The goal is to try to keep you as in the middle as or middle for whatever your middle is, right? And yeah, that white soul did such a good job. And it's not that heavy. It's actually pretty light. It's like, yes. isn't it? I'm forgetting it's like just over 10 ounces, just under 10 ounces. I think so. 10.4 men yeah, and 8.4 right. women. And it yeah. feels lighter than that. I think the what they're doing with the Fresh Foam X, you know, you can see some of the holes here. The density of the foam is lighter, but it's still not like your oh. It, it's definitely more on the compliant side of things where the foam compresses, but there's still some resiliency there. It still has some bounce back. It's just not going to be the SC trainer level. But right. it's that geometry. Yeah. The roll, though, is really well done. Plus, it has a lot more flexibility in the forefoot than I would have expected for a maximalist shoe. It just I, This is probably one of the best integrations of all this stuff together. And, I'm you know, New Balance should be quite proud of this. It's probably, again, why it's probably one of my top training shoes of the year this year just because yeah they managed to pull it off really well so good job it is you hit a lot of great uh points on all of the stability features i would just add that for me as someone who tends to land like pretty excessively yeah here the sole flare in the forefoot and midfoot is actually biased a little bit laterally just Mm -hmm. like the rear foot so right. it, I found that it actually helped me to not land so severely laterally oh, and helped yeah. me to have a, not a more, I didn't land like flat, yeah. but just not as excessively like on the lateral edge of my midfoot. Um, the other thing I really like that they did with the rubber on the sole is you can see th- there's pretty extensive rubber coverage and they've got it pretty much everywhere that someone might land except for like these two little pods here so regardless if you're a heel striker a midfoot striker a forefoot striker you're not going to wear down exposed midsole like you are on some other shoes that the outsole is pretty much the midsole i of course love the beacon but one thing i don't love about it is the exposed midsole is exactly where i land so i wear the beacon down really fast i don't think i've ever gotten more than 200 miles out of a pair. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to say about the uh, sidewalls, I am a person who just cannot run in hokas because the sidewalls irritate basically my medial forefoot. Um, but these sidewalls, because they're more pronounced in the midfoot than in the forefoot, I had no issues with them. So I, I really thought that the sidewalls are very well done in the shoe. And for me, much better than how Hoka does their sidewalls. Yeah, they integrated those pretty well where they got a little bit. They got it, you know, your normal amount in the heel. They really get into the forefoot and then they taper it off because you've got enough sole flare and width in the forefoot. You don't need that much. 
And that's what's hard. Yeah. That's what's, when you're designing, you know, all power to all the footwear designers out there. We kind of talk from the other end as people with, you know, physical therapists and biomechanists trying to go, hey, we're interpreting what we're seeing and then going, hey, how does this work? To actually design that and balance that out is not the easiest thing. So you got to have, eh, like, try to get everything right and everybody's going to have a different opinion. So I think this is a really good integration of this and you should, they, designers should be quite, the, the developers should be quite proud of this. It was a good, great job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like we were mentioning earlier, the trainer and the more really have two very different rides and almost two different uses because of that. Right. Whereas I personally would use the more, more is more of my daily trainer, whereas mm-hmm. the SC trainer has been the, I am beat up beyond, beyond all belief. I don't want to have to think about using, you know, my calf muscles at all. Let me try to get through this run. So like that recover right. classic recovery day shoe where you're almost cheating, but not quite. Yeah. So a little, little different. Both are fun. Both are great shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that's similar to how I use the two shoes as well. Like yeah. the more is easy to go out and do an hour easy in. Yeah. Um, the trainer is good for when you just need to get through your recovery run. Yeah. yeah. The Rebel, on the other hand, definitely not the long, long distance shoe, but definitely on the yeah. other end of the spectrum. So I want to know how you, what you thought of this, because I know you're a huge fan of the Beacon. Beacon, this yes. is not the same shoe as the Beacon. But it's still on that lighter end, right? It's using a newer phone. So it's using their fuel cell foam. So what did you think about this? Mm-hmm. I was so excited to get this shoe because, of course, I'm looking for a replacement for my beloved Beacon. Mm-hmm. Um, and New Balance sent me a 10 in it. And I normally wear a 9.5 in the Beacon. And the 10 was even snug. Like really? My big yeah. toe was right at the end of the toe box. So that did create a little bit of discomfort. It wasn't bad enough that I couldn't run in it. But, I mean, if I was buying the shoe, I would have bought a 10, 10 and a half, wow. which is, you know, kind of horrifying for me. Um, but, you, you know, you that's just not, how sizing is. You're not your size, right? <laughs> that's I'm going right. to say it again. Yep. For those that freak out with sizing, you are not your size. You know, we're, no. we're lucky we get stuff sent to us. And sometimes they will estimate the sizing. And oftentimes we get stuff that's too big or too small. Right. That's why we are can test the stuff out and go, hey, maybe you should consider, you know, try this one. Definitely. I would agree with you yes. that the sizing was a little bit difficult for this where I went with I with my normal size. Um, so size 10. And I think the way the toe box tapers again, that same thing with New Balance that I have because my I've got a little extra. I don't know how you'd say that. Not necessarily width, but my toes don't taper as much on the lateral sides as some people's do. Mm-hmm. Um, this was pushing in and that medial stu- and the medial side on my big toe. And that might be because it's we've gotten really lucky with the toe guards recently where they're getting thinner and thinner. They don't they're not as thick as they used to be. It used to be like they were just the most rigid pieces of plastic. And I'm like, why are people doing this? I'm losing a toenail every time I put this on. This is a little yep. thicker, which I think they were trying to compensate for how kind of flexible the upper is and trying to not have people punch through it, but it does make the shoe fit a little bit short. I was expecting it because I was going, this is going to be a faster shoe. I'm expecting a snugger fit. You definitely need to try this on before you buy it because this is one, the fits has been a little bit variable for our testers and our reviewers. So besides the length slash size issue, I actually really liked how the upper fit um, the upper is very thin. It's not the same as say the pacer mm-hmm. where you can like see through it. 
Right. Like if your socks have a logo on it, you can see it through the Pacers upper. But the mesh is thin. It's got some flex to it. I liked how the tongue integrates with the upper. Like I felt like it really locked down on my foot nicely. I really liked the stack height that they use. It was yeah. like the right balance of cushion while still giving like a good amount of ground feel. And that's both from the stack height and also because of how flexible the sole is. It's quite flexible. It is quite flexible. There's so, no plate in there. So people, yeah. the, the rare combination of like a newer foam with a bit more stack height, but still have a decent ground feel. Cause this foam is definitely compliant. I wouldn't call yes. it as resilient. Um, I couldn't go as fast as I would have wanted to for a lot of the workouts I tried in it, but it's definitely more of like, it's got cushion and it compresses enough that I could get some decent ground feel. Um, This might be the newer version of a quote unquote minimalist shoe. I know people are going to hate me for saying that because like, oh, there's so much stack height, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you know, the foam is compressing. It's a minimal, I think it's a more minimal shoe for what we have today. Yes, there are still companies putting out, you know, stuff like zero shoes and stuff like that and the lower stuff, but it's not common. So, those that want a flexible ride, want a little bit, you know, less in not impingement, but influence on how their mechanics are going, this might be a good option. Just know it runs really snug. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so overall, I liked running in it at slower paces mm-hmm. and for like shorter, like if I was doing strides or something, yeah. it was fine. But the thing that really bothered me if I was doing like longer, let's say threshold intervals is because of how flexible the forefoot is and where the toe spring starts, it felt like it started bending behind my first MTP joint, and it was really uncomfortable for me. It just felt it didn't work with my mechanics. It created some irritation under my first MTP and under my um, IP joint of my big toe. And it was – it just – it made me feel slower. It was uncomfortable. It was really unenjoyable to do longer intervals in. Um, so as much as I like was hoping that this would be my non-plated training shoe, it just isn't because the the combination of the flexibility and the toe spring location doesn't work for me. I think that might be a good option that you may might have needed to size up a little bit more. This is a topic that I am... Right kind of toying with and working with and trying to figure out how to make a solid video that's not too long on is talking about how you develop how you put in toe spring right how you put in the forefoot mm-hmm. rocker because you really need especially if there's no plate or additional stiffness this is very flexible you need the shoe to flex in the correct place because if it doesn't you're going to yep. get a pivot point where you don't have a joint and you don't have right. any true at least you're not supposed to have true joints until you get to the metatarsal phalangeal joints which are like right here and I felt yep. the same thing where with longer efforts, I was like, I'm starting to feel this thing pivot right there. And that's yeah. that's beforehand. So that's over yes. the metatarsals, not the metatarsophalangeal joint. Now, to be fair, how accurate is it me doing this right now? That's not very accurate because sure. I'm doing this. This test is not valid at all. So please don't go into running stores <laughs> and do this. I know somebody was posting like, hey, do this in running stores. It's, I'm like, don't do that. Like this shoes i've already worn this shoe to the ground so i'm I'm, and i'm not going to wear it anymore so i'm going to do whatever i want to this 
But when yeah. you do that on the shoe wall, those are shoes that are going to be used and given to customers. So if you're creating that flex point, you're a jerk. So don't do that. Yeah. Um, that being yeah. said, though, it's just trying to illustrate that, yes, and I can I can actually vouch that I do feel that happen. And I think part of that is, yes, the sole is very flexible. But when you're designing shoes, you got to be really careful with how you set up the areas of stiffness and especially the forefoot rocker. So if that thing is set up in the wrong place, it's going to cause a pivot early on there. So I almost wonder, do they need to maybe have this kind of a little bit later? So I think for the reason, easy runs feel great, right? Because you're not, mm-hmm. the, if you're running easy pace, you're not going to pivot this as much. But as soon as you start going faster, you're going to hit this early. And I think... That's why I think one of the shoes I gave a really hard time for, and people gave me crap for this, was the original Audios Pro, where it was the, the toe spring was so late that it was like, oh my gosh, this is so aggressive until I run faster. Whereas this is the mm-hmm. exact opposite, where it's probably happening yep. a little later than it, a little earlier than it should. And if this needs to, mm-hmm. wants to be a faster shoe, I'd put it forwards. That yes. being said, for its purpose, this is a great, what I would say, lightweight trainer. If people want to pick up the pace in it, that's great. Yeah. But you might need another half size up just to try to get that to right. line up. Yeah. Yeah. It would be interesting to go just try on a 10 and a half and yeah. run on the treadmill and see how it feels. I also have a longer relative heel to ball of foot measurement. Mm-hmm. So I've got short toes, basically. Right. So that makes it even worse. Right. Because if my first MTP joint is here and the shoe is bending here and that's where the forefoot rocker starts then it's bending way too early and like matt said there's no joint there that's supposed to bend right um i definitely tend to prefer shoes with a later toe spring um so unfortunately just the the sizing and geometry of the shoe did not work for me right um one of the things that i actually wrote about in the rebel review in the dpt section was I was trying to see if there was any research about, well, where should the start of a four-foot rocker hit in relation to somebody's first MTP? And there isn't much research. Basically, for people walking, they say that it should hit slightly proximal or like closer to the heel of the first MTP as opposed to further towards the toes. But of course, walking and running are two very different motions. And... I didn't find anything about specifically about running shoes, but also besides the location of the, like where the toe spring or forefoot rocker starts, you also have to consider the flexibility of the sole because that's going to influence just how it feels at your first MTP joint. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I, I remember looking and going, yeah, there's nothing out there. And though before people start complaining about that, realize it is really hard to do footwear research, and it's oftentimes even harder to get it published because by the time you actually get everything together, it's been like two or three years, and it's everybody's moved on. So D- Dustin Jubert did a really, really good post about this where it took him over a year to get his stuff on the, the carbon-plated shoe comparison published, and it just got accepted. So Dustin, if you're listening to this, congratulations. Um, but yeah, it takes it takes time. So we can talk about this based on biomechanics and a little anecdotally, but you got to be patient with the research world. It takes some time. Plus, imagine trying to get like the same shoe and making it in three different shapes. That costs anywhere from close to 20 grand to make the difference, like to change the last on that shoe, unless you're cobbling the shoe yourself, which good luck. If you got that skill, great. But to do it like professionally, <laughs> that costs a lot of money to change that, especially in oh, the yeah. prototype phase. So, 
Yeah. And, we may never and then see that's that. That's just in yeah. one size, that's just right? One size. That's not talking about the other ones. So good luck doing that. Yeah. Um, other thoughts about the Rebel. I think they did a good job with the rubber coverage mm. of the outsole. Again, like almost full rubber coverage where anyone where might necessary. land and yeah. push off. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is an incredibly lightweight shoe. Right. It's 7.4 ounces men's and 5.8 ounces women's. That's that's lighter than most super shoes. Yeah. Yeah. If not the same weight. So they did a good job. Yeah. It's just, again, yeah. it's going to be if people want that lighter, I would still call it a lightweight trainer at this point. I think I it can too. be a little yeah. faster, but... They did a yeah. good job. I think it's 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 going to be – that was my other comment. So a lot of people are going to like this. Um, those who liked the Rebel V2 is going to be a little shock just because it's way more snug. It feels a little higher stack. I don't remember if it actually is. It feels like it. And the geometry is different enough that it is a different shoe. So I think people with like a little bit more narrow feet might like this, want a little bit more – overall flexibility whereas those who like that kind of wider fit that like kind of little more snappy feel are probably going to want to stick with the rebel v2 and look for it on sale but that's just me what do you think yeah you know i'm bummed that i did not get to test the rebel v2 because from what i've read about it it actually sounds like a shoe i would enjoy running in but i did read that there were some pretty major differences in just how it rides and fit uh, the narrowness of the toe box. So I'll have to put the V2 on my list of things to find on yeah. sale and yeah. try. eBay, it, yeah. eBay it's probably, you can probably find it on eBay. That's what I do. Yeah, anyway. for sure. Speaking of faster stuff, I feel like we should talk about, even though I haven't tried it, I think you should talk about the Pacer. The Pacer. I think this is my favorite shoe out of the shoes that we were talking about today. Yeah. Um, I was super excited at the beginning of the year to hear about all like several of the major shoe companies coming out with a 5K, 10K super shoe. Because while I love running in super shoes and the Vaporfly has definitely been my go-to the past like year and a half to two years, it just feels like a little much for shorter races. So I was really interested to test and feel what these purported 5k 10k super shoes were going to be like and i've gotten to test both the pacer and the streak fly i didn't get to test the takumi sen 8 which i really would like to just to like have the full comparison of the three um you got to test that one though right yep yep so the pacer between the pacer and the streak fly they're very different shoes but i'll talk about the pacer so um it's eight mil drop um it is 6.9 ounces for men's and 5.5 ounces for women, so super light. It has a very stiff sole. Like, I can't bend it more than that at all. And I really like shoes with a lot of longitudinal bending stiffness. Um, it has carbon plate energy arc. You can see that the cutout is smaller than the trainer, which makes sense for this type of shoe. Um The upper is like the most invisible upper of any shoe I've tried. It's very breathable. Like I I think I received the shoe maybe in February or March. And there were definitely days my feet were a little chilly at the beginning. I remember you said that. Yeah. But, you know, once you get going, then you're fine. Um, But 
the upper just fits very nicely. The tongue um, is very thin. It's not gusseted, although it is held on by a couple of lace loops. I'll talk a little more about the tongue later. Um, it's an 8 mil drop shoe. I don't know if I already said that, but it's I loved running in this shoe. I've used it for so many workouts, like threshold pace all the way down to like mile pace, hill sprints, and it is just so responsive. It It's not bouncy as much as it just propels you forward because it's so stiff. Um, when I, maybe the first couple of runs I did in it, I thought, you know, out of all the shoes that I've tried, this feels most like the Endorphin Pro 2. But after maybe the second run, I didn't really feel that anymore. It felt like it firmed up a little bit. And then it just kind of felt like a shoe all its own. Um, it it feels like if you took a racing flat and put a carbon plate in it and super foam. And that's what it is, basically. So it's kind of exactly what I was looking for. Like I was the type of person who I would race like up to a 15 K and like the Saucony type a eight. Um, I wouldn't recommend that to everyone, but you know, it was fine for me. It's a pretty minimal <laughs> racing flat. Um, so the ride of the pacer just works for me. I love it as a training shoe. I really wanted to use it in a seven mile race that I did in May but I found out, fortunately, before the race that the course included like a mile of dirt road and a little bit of trail. And one of the negatives about this shoe, the few negatives, is that because there is not a lot of rubber coverage, if you run over rocks, they are going to get stuck in the exposed midsole. And that has happened to me many times where I had to stop and like pick out a rock and all of these holes that you can see are from rocks that were embedded in the midsole. Um, so definitely not a off-road shoe or even a shoe for races where there's a lot of rocks on the pavement for whatever reason. Um, so I haven't raced in it, but I've got about 150 miles on them. And the performance of the foam has changed a lot since I was initially running in them till now. I still like it. But now it is very firm. Like the, um, and there wasn't a ton of cushioning in it originally. I mean, the stack height is pretty low. New Balance doesn't give official stack heights, but you can see this is a low stack shoe. It's definitely lower than the Rebel. It just feels hard now. Um, I still use it for workouts, but it's, it doesn't feel at all like the shoe that I got at the beginning of the year. Um, and we know that these super foams don't last as long as some of the more traditional foams. So 150 miles really isn't bad for a super shoe, especially one that doesn't have as much stack. So it's going to lose its compliant and responsive properties faster than, say, something that has a greater volume of foam. Um, I still would like to test it in like a 5K, uh, but... I'm not now that I've now that I have more options for super shoes that perform better at for shorter races. I'm not sure that I would use it for like a seven mile or a ten mile race. Um, 
particularly because I really like the original Alpha Fly for those distances. That's why we got to get the we have to get the SC Elite, which also missed, um, and I was trying to get for everybody, but didn't happen. So that might work a little bit better because I think I there's another this is another topic we to talk about how people are probably might be getting used to these shoes and. You know, we tend to gravitate toward them now because they're comfortable and they right. feel great and they're still they fast, right? So, <laughs> yep. you know, shoes like the Pacer, the Takumi Sen 8, and I'm, I'm kind of hesitating to put the Streakfly in there because the Streakfly does have a super foam. And I think you can probably attest to this more because you reviewed it. But when I tried it, it felt more like a light trainer because it just wasn't super snappy. Um, whereas I think, well, I'll see if I can try to get your hands on the Takumi Sen 8 because it's, it's not the same. I don't think it's the same as a Pacer for when I've tried but mm-hmm. yeah, we just, the human body likes cushioning and that's been shown not only with research, but just like, look how popular these shoes have been, right? For the first time ever, right. you know, companies and this, when I was working in running stores, always asking, like, this is like, you were talking like 10, 15 years ago. I was always asking, why don't we have more cool racing flats? And people were like, we, I, th- it doesn't sell. Like, this is not where we make our money. We make our money with traditional daily trainers. We we make them selling them to people who don't even run, right? Who just want them casually and people who jog a couple of miles. This is the, the majority of the U.S. market. When you went to other countries, right, like Japan, that would change because people are very competitive there. It's very important. Yes. And I'm hope, probably speaking, you know, somebody hopefully can comment on that in terms of the culture and components like that for, for my friends. And also from Mizuno and various others, because yeah, they can sell racing flats over there because people are looking to run faster. It's very important. They're more, they can be more aggressive here. Not so much, but you have the onset of a, a very highly cushioned, but still aggressive racing shoe. You see people like casual people jogging in the Vaporfly. Now you see people using mm-hmm. that, the RC elite two as their just normal daily trainer or their marathon shoe. And this there, we're talking like four or five hour marathoners. So for the yeah. first time, people are gravitating toward this. And I wonder how much the rest of us are because, you know, your body is tuned to respond to a different amount of cushioning. You know, 10, 15 years ago, yeah, I was the same way. I love the Type A. It was a great shoe. But that shoe almost like there isn't almost a place for it anymore because people don't choose that, right? That is a right. very elite niche shoe that, you know, a very small population can get to buy right. versus how many people are buying the Endorphin Pro 3 or how many people are buying the the – even the SC, the SC trainer, right? People are going to be yep. jumping on this. It's also not that expensive, which is amazing. You only have right. this for 100 bucks. I still, New Balance, yeah. I'm not trying to tell you to increase the price, but I don't understand how you did that. <laughs> but all these shoes we talk about has really made, I think because of the more cushion aspect, made running these faster shoes more accessible. Is that necessarily a good thing? That's where I don't know. Well, that's where we don't know, right? So in terms yeah. of the mechanics, injuries, we don't have data on that. But that's what's really cool about something like the pacers that there is some variation people are still going to want a lighter fast shoe i bet plenty of people have run a marathon on that the pace already would i do that oh yeah probably not but you know who just famously ran a marathon in that no is uh, emily sisson who just set the american record in the marathon at chicago was it last weekend was that a pacer that or- she was wearing yes it was was it really that did not uh-huh. all right, so I'm gonna get schooled on there. That look did not look like it looked like a modified pacer. It looked like maybe well, the pacer I'm sure too. it was modified. Yeah. But I think that uh, news yeah. reports were that it was the pacer. Got it. If you take a look yeah. at it, it looks like the pacer with a little bit more stack height, which would not surprise me if that's what V2 looks like, right? Because you've got yeah. SC Elite for like that more cushion, the pacer now becoming like 
almost like your Vaporfly Alpha Fly kind of thing, which would right. not surprise me. Yeah. But all right, yeah, yeah. If they said pacer, that's fine. It didn't look like a pacer, but that's fine. <laughs> We've got to get confirmation of this. Yeah. New balance of your listing, yeah. please. And send them. Yep, please comment below. I would like <laughs> yeah, to try them this time. Me too. Yeah. Yes. Um, one thing I would comment on with regards to the difference between the pacer and the streak fly. The streak fly, I wouldn't say it feels like a training shoe, but it is softer yeah. and the forefoot is v- not very flexible, but it is flexible. So I... I definitely prefer the pacer over the streak fly, but the streak fly is hands down my go-to shoe when I have longer hill reps to do. Got it. It is just like the perfect shoe for those for me. It's super light. It's got a little bit of cushion, lower stack, lower drop, and just that extra little flex in the forefoot just works really well for me when I'm running faster uphill. Um you tie it. You tried the streak fly, right? Very brief. I didn't actually get to review it, but I tried it in store. Uh, okay. It didn't get sent to me, but I'm like, I'm still going to find this yes. somewhere. Yeah. Um, I would say the one thing about the pacer that I hope that New Balance will improve in version two is the tongue is not very stable. It's not gusseted. And it's actually, you kind of have to like hold it like that to put your foot in. Otherwise, it really folds over on your foot and is pretty uncomfortable. But once you get it in place, it's fine. Um, the tongue is basically the same material as the upper. So super thin. It's got the holes in it. Um, so it really contributes to a very breathable, comfortable shoe. Uh, heel counter, very flexible. There's minimal padding internally, but... Just a great, comfortable, fast shoe. I did size up a half size in these, and that worked well for me. It it gave it more of a little longer fit than a racing shoe, but because most of my workout days are like 11 to 13 miles long, it's nice to have that little extra room. Mm-hmm. Um, so people who are on the edge of a size might consider going up a half size. So you mentioned the RC Elite 3, which we can't wait to get our hands on. Um, do you know what the major differences are between the 3 and the 2? I have no idea. So it's it's I've heard yeah. and I've heard some people call it the RC Elite 3, it's also called the SC Elite and then I've seen it called the SC Elite 3 as well. So I have no idea even what they've decided. I mean, they have it up. Let's I think it's the SC Elite 3. Um, I really don't know, to be honest. We haven't tried it. I've seen um, photos of it, obviously, and the profile looks like it's a little bit more rocker than previously. It mm-hmm. looks like it's higher stack, but that, that might just be the fact that the sidewalls look more aggressive. The toe spring looks way earlier than previous, mm-hmm. and the outsole or the midsole design looks way more like the SC Elite, where you've got that much larger guideline between there, right? The exposed plate, which you didn't have as much with version two. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see if how much if it drops weight, if it feels different. It I'm, yep. yeah. So I don't really know, to be honest. That's why I want yeah. to get my hands on it. Version two is a four mil drop shoe, correct? Is it? I can't remember. I think so. I think it's it's uh the new one is the new okay. one is four millimeter drop, supposedly. Yeah, it was eight millimeter drop. So going lower. Okay. That, so that would not surprise me that the SC Elite would become more of that like longer distance, lower drop, extremely high stack 
distance racing shoe where the pacer might evolve to have a little bit more stack height. So we'll have to see. I'm curious. Yeah, I yeah, think 2023. those are 2023. Yeah, those are probably. I mean, the SC Elite is definitely on the top of my list. I'm really curious to try, given how well the SC Trainer worked for me. I think the other shoe. I'm honestly, this it is out at the moment. We haven't just got it sent to us. Is I'm most excited for the 860 V13, oh, just because yeah. I've seen them totally mm-hmm. redesign how they do stability. So I'm really curious. So what what New Balance yeah. shoe? After we've kind of reviewed some of the major ones that have come our way, this. So far, what what are you excited for either coming up or... Well, I would love to see what New Balance replaces my beloved Beacon with. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, the Beacon for me is just like the perfect training shoe. Wide toe box, six mil drop, like low enough stack that you can feel the ground a little bit, but overall a pretty stiff shoe. Um, so... New Balance, what are you replacing it with? Please send me something good. Um, <laughs> the Pacer 2, if M- Emily Sisson ran in the Pacer 2, that looks like a very interesting shoe for me. Uh, so that will be cool to check out. The SC Elite 3, especially being a 4 millimeter drop shoe, how it will compare to the Alpha Fly. That'll be interesting. I mean, I'm sure they'll have very different rides. You know, the Alpha Fly has those AirPods, and obviously mm-hmm. the SC Elite does not. But just comparing the ride and the performance of those two shoes. So I would say those three, but mainly what's my Beacon replacement? I bet money the be- the next version of the Beacon is a 40 millimeter drop with fuel cell and has a, a uh, three quarter plate in it. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> I know. I hope it's not that. <laughs> Andrea starts crying on air. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm done with running. I'm done. Just the beacon's dead. Yep. I'm just kidding. Yeah. How about think, you? What are you looking forward to? I think, yeah, I, I'll have to see what the Pacer 2 looks like, but I think the SC Elite and the 860, the new versions, are what I'm really looking most forward to just because I want to see what New Balance is doing. And I think that what's cool from how it looks between the Pacer 2 and the SC Elite, what I'm hoping is, you know, and I, I you know, got to say this, that Nike kind of started this with the Vaporfly and then the Alpha Fly out of the gate. But I, the, re- the rest of these running companies are, no pun completely attended, are, are running Nike down heavily. You know, I, I'd be honest that I have a pair of Alpha Fly. There are a lot of other shoes that I will choose before that for racing. And I think especially now there's, one that we just got that I'm going to pull a David right now that we can't talk about that it's been like, a oh, wow. So I think not only are the gaps being closed, I think behind closed doors, we're also seeing things being surpassed, which is fun because this level of competition really drives. Um, I'm having a lot of brain farts today. It really drives innovation, which is really cool to see. And it's cool to see now an even playing field where people actually have to go, oh, wow, you know, this shoe isn't necessarily the fastest thing. I really need to figure out what yep. works for me. And that's what we want to talk yes. about. And that's why variation is key. Having options is good because it allows people to figure out, hey, I'm, you know, I am not the same person as the one as my competitor or the person next to me. You know, it's how can I find something that works better for me? And that's what I'm excited about, seeing that variability. So I think New Balance, if, if things are going the way it looks with the Pacer 2 and the SC Elite version 3, I'm very excited because, again, like I said, it's leveling the play. It's not – I wouldn't say it's leveling the playing field. It's definitely elevating the playing field. And so they just got to push more. So I'm curious to see what happens right. next. 
yeah, yeah, all this competition can yep. hopefully only result in a greater variety of shoes for runners and better shoes for runners. I think so. Yeah, we're getting this is getting really good. You know what, what's probably going to happen? And this is me being extremely sarcastic and somebody's going to get really upset, but I'm still going to say this. You know, the second Born to Run 2 book just came out. So Born to Run 2. So obviously now we're just going to go completely back to minimalism. And it should be known that running barefoot is amazingly faster than any of these super shoes, right? Just kidding. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> no, it's definitely it's not, not. going to happen. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> so let's see how many angry reviews we get for that. But yep. we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> These are definitely, fault, it's all my fault. It's definitely here to stay. I think we've talked, somebody mentioned, like, is there going to be another, like, minimalist jump? And I think no, because it just, it made sense at the time because honestly, shoes were so freaking firm at that point that, like, go, going to, like, some of the, those shoes, like, <laughs> The Mizuno Wave Universe 4 3 was like, ah, this is, I mean, yeah, it's like I'm running barefoot, but, you know, the trainers are so hard, it almost feels like the same thing, whereas now you've got all these cushioning <laughs> properties that I don't think we're going to go back. I'll eat one of these shoes if we do. I will eat the SC Elite or the SC Trainer. I will eat this entire shoe if we end up going back, and that's how confident I am that we're not. That's a big thing to throw down yeah, there. I will. Yeah. All right. I think you're safe, though. I do, too. <laughs> Any last thoughts on uh, the shoes we've tested from New Balance this year? Anything else you hope to see in the future? I just hope New Balance keeps this trend going. Um, again, not I'm, this is not meant to be rude. This is meant to be like positively critical that for several years beforehand, I really was not impressed with what New Balance was putting out. I think they had some sexy shoes. I think these things were interesting. But especially from a training perspective and honestly from racing like perspective, I was not impressed. And this goes back many, many years, even to my running store days. I think what I'm seeing this year and even the previous year is starting to make me go, wow, this is cool, right? New Balance is cool. They're really pushing ahead and I really want to congratulate them. And this is not because I'm trying to sell their product. It's because I'm generally impressed with what they're doing both on a training, especially the training side, because – most people out there, especially the ones we treat or we work with, are going to be using trainers, right? They're for walking mm-hmm. or running. And I'm really happy that a lot of R&D is being put into these trainers. The more V4 is, again, like pretty much my training shoe of the year. It's been great. I think the SC, Elite, the SC trainer has been good to be a faster option for those who maybe can't tolerate a super shoe or probably shouldn't be running in it, but still want to experience some of the stuff. I think it's... I like that they're thinking outside the box and this has been really good. And I just want to encourage them to keep going on that path. It's very easy to settle. And you've seen many companies that settle for many years and finally get out of their butt and start doing something. And I'm excited that new balance is pushing be, you know, keep, be, keep the chip on the shoulder. Keep going because I think this stuff has been really good and just stay hungry. Yeah, I agree. They're coming out with some really exciting shoes, really different categories of shoes too like we talked about like they've really differentiated the purposes of these shoes that we talked about today um so yeah keep it up new balance we're excited to see what you come out with next still some work to do but hey we do good yeah not too much positive encouragement we're looking forward to the rebel version four yeah there we go (laughs) 
Yes. Awesome. Well, we appreciate everybody listening, and we have a lot of cool stuff going going on and a lot of cool content that's coming. So obviously, we're very excited. There's some super shoes we hope we're getting, so we'll talk about, but also some mechanical things that we're going to start talking about and trying to bring back, including many of my footwear science articles that we will start referencing and talking a bit more about, as some of them actually have some updated evidence, which is really, really cool. So while we're trying to help you out with educating you on the newest things that are coming out in the running world, it would really help us out if you could leave us a review, whether that's on Spotify or any of the podcast channels, or just, hey, respond to the subjective and let us know what you're thinking and what you're feeling, because this is a lot of this. Yeah, I'm, you'll probably hear me care less and start doing more like divisive comments and stuff like that. It's not to create problems. It's just because I want you to think. And we want you to think because we want you to question what you're hearing and question what you're putting on your feet, because then you're going to be able to figure out what works best for you. So please leave us a review, give, you know, whatever you think, give us feedback and please comment below. Keep running. Enjoy it. Bye.